Money is a tool. Financial literacy is a skill you can learn. My name is Dave Galegas. I've spent the last 25 years in the mortgage industry with a front row seat to American financial habits. And what I have to offer is so much more than about mortgages. So join me for a journey into financial literacy brought to you by me and Zenith Home Loans. I'm your host, Dave Galegas. Hi, everyone. We're back for episode number three of More Than Mortgages. My name is Dave Galegas. I'm the president of Zenith Home Loans, and I've had a front row seat to personal American finances and the way people manage their finances for the last 26 years as a mortgage lender. And it's giving me an insight into the way people manage their finances. It impacted me and influenced me in the way I manage my finances today. And my goal with this podcast is to share what I've learned to help you have financial peace, to help you have financial prosperity, to help you have financial security, and to make your life, everything's better when your life in your life when your finances are under control. And so that's the goal with this podcast is to help people with that. Today I wanna to talk about financial literacy and the lack of financial literacy and how the deck is really stacked against you and when it comes to this, because First of all, there's no criteria in the classroom, in the public education system, at least to my awareness, or in the private education system. I went to private schools my whole life. Financial literacy was not taught, right? So that wasn't something that people talked about. And uh, and honestly, I would say there's such a lack of financial awareness around financial education and financial literacy in this country that it's doubtful to me that any of the teachers that I were, were taught by, and again, I went to private schools that had financial peace and would have been qualified to teach financial literacy. So it's a universal problem. And most people struggle with this. Nobody wants to raise their hand and admit they have financial issues if they have them. Nobody wants to admit that they have bad credit if they have it. Nobody wants to admit that they don't have enough in savings. And, and, you know, I've that doing what I do, I know that nobody makes as much as everyone thinks they make. People have more debt than everyone thinks they have. And it's just, uh, it's just, it's really interesting because we don't talk about it. What I learned is, is that most of us are doing this trial by error. If you had parents that didn't have excellent financial habits, mine, mine, mine more of my parents had okay financial habits, but if your parents didn't have excellent financial habits, it's, 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 it's probably likely that neither do you. And because we learn so much and are influenced so much by our parents. And so what, what I want you to know is that it's incumbent upon you and that you can, you can definitely have excellent financial habits. You just have to commit to having it. It's like anything in life. It's just math. If you study something long enough and you practice something long enough, you get better at it. Today, I'm going to talk about the importance of financial literacy. And this book is called The Richest Man in Babylon. This book is is like I got a great story about it because uh, a mentor of mine gave this to me when I was right after I got married. I was about 24 years old at the time and he gave me a copy of this book and had a huge influence on me. Now, full disclosure, I didn't implement everything that I should have and could have, but I was given a gift that day when he shared this book with me and I'm going to share some of this book and I'm going to first of all I highly recommend that get a copy of this book and you ingest it. The Richest Man in Babylon, it's available. I'll tell you some funny things about it. So the, this guy gave it to me when I was in my 20s and I immediately put some of it into practice and then I made the mistakes that it talks about making. This book was first published in 1926 by George Clayson, 1926. 
So we're getting close to this book being a hundred years old. There's a hundred years worth of wisdom in this book. And almost everywhere you go, you will find people that have their stuff together when it comes to their finances. will mention that many people I know will mention that this book had a huge influence on them. In the introduction, in the forward of the book, uh, there's a line in here that I've underlined and it says, our prosperity as a nation depends upon the personal financial prosperity of each of us as individuals. That's a wake up call, I think for all of us, because you look at the way the, you look at the way our government manages the finances of this country. It's a joke. Let's be honest. I mean, we're getting close to a state of being where hundred percent of the revenue that this country collects in the form of taxes is going to be a hundred percent going to pay the interest of the debt that this country owes. That's criminal, right? And that, that can lead to nothing good. And so I guess it's no wonder that there isn't financial literacy classes and schools and there's no, because if there was, if people would understand what's happening, they wouldn't, so you can't do what our government's doing because you don't have that ability. But understand that your our prosperity as a nation is tied to the individual prosperity of all of its citizens. And so this book talks about how to create wealth. It isn't a get rich quick book. I've had people who've read this and it's told in a fable format. So it was written in 1926 and it's it's a, it's written from the perspective of a bunch of people back in the old times of the world in Babylon, wanting to understand what it is they could do to become wealthy. And they went and they spoke to somebody who was really wealthy and he asked them if they would teach them how to become wealthy. Uh, here's, here's what the, 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 the guy who found, who the guy who they came to told them is that if you have not acquired more than a bare existence in the years since you were used, it is because you have either failed to learn the laws that govern the building of wealth or else you do not observe them. That's a pretty good statement to ingest there for a second. So you weren't taught financial literacy in school. And if your parents didn't teach this to you, then you're on your own. My parents didn't teach this to me. I was on my own and I was out doing my own thing. And I just thought it was all about how much money can I make because the more money that I can make, the more things I could buy, the more stuff that I could afford. That's not how money works. And that's the mistake that most people have made. And that's how they find themselves having so much debt. Further on in the book, it says, I decided that if I was to achieve what I desired, time and study would be required. Now, isn't that true about anything? Regardless of what it is you want to study and learn and become better at, you can study and learn and become better at it if you decide to invest the time in the study. But that's what you have to do. And again, it's just math that if you practice something, you'll get better at it. And so know this, that no one, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again, no one cares about your personal finances as much as you. A financial advisor isn't going to care as much. Here's what a financial advisor cares about. A financial advisor, yeah, they want to help you. I'm not saying they don't, but what they care about is making money helping you. And I care about making money, getting you a mortgage. So I'm not, I'm not being critical. I'm saying like, look, I get paid to get people mortgages. But what I learned about helping people get mortgages is I want to make their lives better because they got a mortgage and I don't want to make them worse. And if, you, if you're not ready for a mortgage, then I don't want you to get one. Everybody in the financial community and the entire financial industry, all of the 
all of the companies that sell financial services and savings and insurance, uh, all of them, they're all lined up and they're all smarter than you to they're they're all lined up and they're all smarter than you and their whole purpose in life is to make is to make money and ideally they'll make you money in the process because you wouldn't keep going to them but they're set up to make their own money and you can't rely on them to do that for you without your understanding of what's happening and what i have found is that the more confusing the financial terms are that the financial industry tries to the more the more I don't understand them and they like it that way because if I don't understand it, I don't know what's happening and I'm like trusting them to do what it is they say they're going to do for me. So if you didn't get the education and most of us didn't, then it's incumbent upon you to get it now. Yeah. Would it have been nice to have learned this in high school or college? Sure would have. That would have been the best time. It's that old adage that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So if you didn't get that education, you need to get it now and you need to take it upon yourself to get it. And there's so many reasons why you want to do it. Like your marriage is going to be better. If your finances are out of control, it puts a lot of stress on your marriage and it puts a lot of stress on your family. It's embarrassing. Look, we, 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 we help people like this all the time. They find themselves in tough situations they end up trying to borrow their, themselves out of debt almost without fail. When we do that, when we help people borrow themselves out of debt, if they haven't addressed the habits that got them there in the first place, we're going to find them there again in the future. So I highly recommend the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, because of the principles that it teaches. Now, there's any number of other books and and on the subject, Dave Ramsey's teachings. I agree with a lot of those principles, not all of them some basics of all of this is that you don't need to go to a guru. You can learn this yourself just by reading a few books. And The Richest Man in Babylon is certainly one of them. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll suggest other books going forward. I don't want to confuse it right now because this one is so basic. The first concept in that book that is so important is that, that people need to understand. And it's this, is that a part of all you earn is yours to keep. What that means is you need to pay yourself first before you pay anybody else. And so if you find yourself working in an environment where you're just working to pay the bills so that you can live and you're not able to set aside a portion of what you earn for yourself and not to not so that you can buy a dress or a suit or a car, it's to invest in your future. And if you aren't able to do that, it's because you have too many other obligations and it's time to align your spending and your earnings so that you're spending less than you earn and you have an excess. Because if you can't save some of your earnings on a, on a regular basis out of every everything that you're earning, then you're, you're, you're not going to get ahead. You're just working to exist. Working to exist is not the point. You all We all want to get to a point where we can, we don't have to work for money. And so, and that money is working for us. So that's the first step is, is to become financially literate and take it upon yourself. And you, if you didn't get that education, there's nothing you can do about it now in the past, but you can do something about it going forward. And I would start with this book. So that's the first deal. The, the second thing is that I'm going to just give you some of the basics of what I would tell you that you're going to have to do if you find yourself in a position where your your finances are a little bit out of control. And and you know this this podcast is called More Than Mortgage. I want you to be in a position to be able to eventually own a home. 
This book teaches the seven cures for a lean purse. So you can tell just by that language that it was written a long time ago. But one of the seven laws of a lean purse is to make the fifth cure, seven cures for a lean purse, make of thy dwelling a profitable investment. What, what I take that to mean is that you should buy your own home. And, and um, I'm going to tell you why I think it's important for you to buy your own home. And, and it's really simple is that you have to pay to live somewhere, right? You're either going to have to pay rent unless you can live somewhere for free. And that's probably with your mom and dad. You don't want to do that or with your kids and you don't want to do that. So you got to pay to live somewhere and you're either going to rent or you're going to pay a mortgage. And if you're renting, you're paying the landlord's mortgage, right? Just know that. And the landlord's going to raise your rent every year because with inflation, he's going to do that as he should. That's, that's a fair, he, he wants a fair return on his investment. His investments need to earn more than inflation and your rent's going to go up every year. At least with a mortgage, you can lock in a payment forever, right? You can have a 30 year fixed interest rate. And a lot of people will, we're going to talk about home ownership and wealth. There's a lot of, um, and, and renting. There's a lot of people in the, uh, in the financial press community who will advocate that you should not, that owning a home is a bad investment. And I will debate anybody on this subject that they are wrong. They are a hundred percent wrong Th that buying a home can be a terrible investment for anybody, just like buying a, anything and investing in anything can be a terrible investment. But by and large, owning a home is a far more profitable endeavor than renting, period. And just, you can take that to the bank. I, I'll, I'll debate anybody on that subject. But let's talk about some of the basics of your personal financial situation as it relates to the as it relates to the book. Is that first of all, you've got to educate yourself on your finances. You gotta, I talked last episode about the importance of categorizing all of your debt and listing it out in, you know, in, you know, stack it based on the biggest balance first, and then add what, you know, in a column, what's the balance, what's the minimum monthly payment, and what are the interest rates? And divide that minimum monthly payment by the outstanding balance and you'll get a metric of how many months of payments you have to make before you can get rid of that debt. The first thing that's going to happen when you have that number is you're going to stop adding to your debt and you're going to develop a plan to attack that debt. And so that's the first thing to do is make sure that you know what that number is. The second thing is read this book, read The Richest Man in Babylon and begin to study study personal finance. If you want to get healthy, if you study health, if you study fitness, if you study nutrition, if you study all the things that are related to having better health, you'll have better health. If you want to have a better marriage, you can study, you can read books on the study of on on and and study ways that you can have a better relationship. You can talk to people who have great relationships. You can talk to people who have great finances. And you can you can become better at anything, but you do have to make an investment of time and study. It's making sure that you're going to become invested in the outcome that you're looking for when it comes to your finances. So the first thing is study. The second thing is identify all that debt. The third thing is commit to being open and honest with your spouse about where you find yourself when it comes to your debt. You can make this better. I guess that's the that's that's what I want everybody who's watching this podcast to know in your heart is that this can be better. I know that when I have found myself in periods of financial stress a couple of times in my life, as I mentioned, you feel like you're all alone and you feel like you can't talk to anybody about it. And it's a horrible feeling. 
And I didn't want to talk to my parents. I didn't want to talk to my friends. I didn't talk to any of my, none of my friends ever knew how bad my financial situation was or how bad my credit situation was when it was bad. Because it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. And I'll be the first to admit that it's tough to do. Just because of that, don't not, don't ignore it. Um, if you can find somebody that you can confide in that, that will help you with this, then I would do that. I would highly recommend it and don't be afraid and just be honest and just say, look, I need help, but make sure you're not going to somebody who's already messed up financially. Right. So, because you're going to get bad advice. It's, it's like, you know, you don't want to go to a doctor who's, you know, a hundred pounds overweight and smoke cigarettes. Right. So you want, it's the same thing when it comes to your finances is that you want to make sure you're talking to somebody who's got their together when it comes to their finances, pardon the French. So it's going to be a process, right? You're going to be able to get better at this if you decide that you're going to study it. And in further episodes, we'll talk about the different cures that, that uh, George Clayson pointed out, the seven cures for a lean purse. But the first one is a part of all you earn is yours to keep. And when I got that advice, I, that's what I decided to do is I would like make sure that I was saving at least $100 a week. And this was in 1986. I wasn't making that much money, but if I could save $100 a week, that was going to be significant because I had never saved, but that would have been $400 a month. And the mistake I made is I did that consistently for a period of time and I can't remember how long. And the mistake that I made is I took that money and I bought something. I didn't invest it. And that was a mistake. Honestly, at the time, I didn't have a completely good plan in place. And what I should have been doing was making sure that I was eliminating any of the other debt that I was carrying at the time. And I didn't do that either. That's for another episode. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the correct strategies for addressing this. But in the meantime, just know your financial literacy is something that you can improve and that you can and should want to become a homeowner in this country because homeownership is the great wealth equalizer. And it is the thing that can make a difference for you. So you're going to want to strive for that. I want to give you hope if you're already a homeowner, but you find yourself struggling in debt, keep listening because I'm going to be sharing ideas and strategies and tactics and approaches to improve your finances. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to More Than Mortgage with Dave Gallegos, brought to you by Zenith Home Loans. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe anywhere you find podcasts and share this episode with a colleague who would also find value.